The biggest week of world rugby every four years we are upon it. Tony Johnson joins us. TJ, the anticipation is high, my friend. It certainly is. And, I mean, it's a great buzz. And I, it's, it's quite a nice buzz. Yeah, there's a bit of tension around. I, I think, you know, hopefully there's a realisation that, you know, you consider the, uh, the odds, uh, you consider the circumstances, everything that's gone on the last two or three years. I think definitely to make the final is a, a very worthy achievement in itself. But having got there, obviously, you want to win it. Seems to be a bit of a confident buzz around as well, but I think we all know that this is going to be a ding-dong final. And, it, and it's great that the old rivalry, again, um, gets played out in front of the big, on the biggest stage in the world. I made, I made a point yesterday, and I might be barking up the wrong tree, but it was, you know, we've had a, um, a year of adversity as All Black supporters. A lot of um, crap's been thrown around, a lot of it unjust. Um, we've had series losses, first ever losses, all that sort of thing. Um, but I sort of had it put to me that without that adversity, we probably wouldn't have got James Ryan and Joe Smith. We probably wouldn't have made it past that quarterfinal against Ireland. We wouldn't be in the World Cup final. Is that is that too simplistic or is that an unanswerable question? Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to get all philosophical. <laughs> I mean, I've always sort of felt that you go through rough times in your life and, and we all have our share of those. But I always sort of think, well, they put you on the path to where you are now. And if where you are now is a pretty good place, well, then it was all worth it. Mm. Um, I, I don't know whether, um, you know, some people would think it, it was all worth it. Um, you know, things got pr- pretty gnarly there for a while. Um, but, but I think probably Ian Foster ended up with the team that he really needed to have around him from the get-go or a team of the calibre. And, and OK, so the first one didn't work out. But you're, you're right. I think... You know, definitely, uh, the, Joe Smith, with his ability to pick apart an opposition team, but also, you know, come up with blueprints for success, and and also just the technical knowledge of Jason Ryan, but also just his general demeanour around the team. It's a really positive thing. Um, but I think there are other contributors as well. Um, I, I saw the name Kerry Evans pop up in mm. the conversation. To me, Kerry Evans has never been given enough credit for the role that he played in getting the all-black mindset right ahead of the 2011 World Cup when they got the monkey off their back and then 2015 when they won it again. He was very much in the thick of it and he's been back with them now. That's really good. Um, you know, Greg Feek and, and, and Scott McLeod, you know, the, the all-black uh, scrum has conceded fewer pre- penalties under pressure than any other scrum in the World Cup. Uh, and also Scott McLeod, you know, the, 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 the change that they made to the defensive system. Having said all that, you've still got to give the credit to the guy who's the chairman of the board, the chief executive, if you like, the guy, the, the project manager, the, you know, and that and that's Ian Foster. Um, and, and, and I mean, it's an interesting discussion that people are already having. I'd, I'd probably rather leave it until next week about, you know, who's going to left, be left with egg on their face uh, if the All Blacks win the World Cup, having told this guy 10 months ago that he, you know, that he wasn't required. Um, uh, to me, you know, already what he's achieved. Uh, with this really good team around him, is is, is worthy of uh, well a decent sized omelet. Yeah, and when you look when you look back, TJ, we've still got the Bledisloe Cup. We won the Rugby Championship. We got the Freedom Cup, um, and we we're eighty minutes away from having the World Cup. And that's that's what success is measured on. Yeah, absolutely. And and look, I mean, 
week before this tournament started, I think I got very fond of saying, I think if everything goes right, if this team plays to the, you know, to its potential, the potential is there to go very deep into this tournament. And that was as much as I'd say. I, I, I you know, to me, this was a, a wide open tournament and had the vagaries of the draw. But you, you look at it now, that you know, France with arguably one of the best teams, if not the best team they've ever had. Ireland was most certainly the best team they've ever had. They're watching from home. They're not there. And yeah, that's got a bit to do with the draw, but not everything. England are gone. Australia are gone. So to to, to come through that, that tough pull, uh, you know, the most difficult or challenging quarterfinal probably imaginable when you consider the, the form of the two teams. Um, and then a, I just think a, a win uh, against Argentina that was uh, functional. They got everything done right. Uh, and, then, and, and now they're in the final. Uh, to me, as I say, that, that, that is a significant achievement that should never be downplayed. And I think we need to remember that um, perhaps on, at, you know, 10 o'clock on Sunday morning if it doesn't go our way. I still think that this was a great achievement to make the final. Having said that, Staffy, having been, you know, the last 10 days felt 50-50 about the prospects of the All Blacks beating South Africa, was that, if that was what it was going to come to, I think I'm probably now about 55-45 in favour. I'm, I'm, I think as the, the closer we get to it, the more I think they really are capable of winning it. Mm. Just with, you've called so many games, you've been around the game of rugby for a long, long time, one of the better analytical minds. What... Um, what effect, what difference with South Africa having two absolute hammer and tongs quarterfinal, semifinal? Yes, New Zealand's quarterfinal was a tough road, but I, wasn't say, well, I wouldn't say it was an easy semifinal, but less attritional type game, plus an extra day for recovery. Big bearing? I think the extra day is huge because I think it's more, at this stage of the tournament, it's more about recovery than anything else. And if the Springboks, you know, having played England, who succeeded in dragging the game into a dockyard scrap, which was they knew was the only way that they had a chance of winning it, and they got very close to doing that. Um, but maybe with the amount of kicking, it probably perhaps not as brutal as I thought it was going to be. But even so, I think the potential there for, for leg weariness... Having said that, they counter it very well with the way they use the bench. It's, it's very innovative. It's very effective. And it will be a key factor in the final. But I think definitely New Zealand has an advantage. Um, I, I, I think it's, uh, it, it doesn't necessarily make them favourites. But, you know, as, as, you, as I said before, it gets to this stage about the, of the tournament. It's more about managing bodies than anything else. And to have an extra 24 hours to do that after a, a, a semi-final, that, well, it certainly wasn't to the intensity of the Ireland one. Um, you know, I, I actually think that that leaves the All Blacks in a in a good spot. But having the, the other thing I'd say about them too is that I, I just think there is a clarity about the All Blacks at the moment that, and it's just come. It wasn't there during the first game, and I'm not sure that it bothered them too much. Um, but it, it, it's come into this team, and maybe it was the the, the the game against Italy, whatever it was. There is a clarity about this team. They know what it is they're trying to do. And for the most part, they're executing it very well. And I just saw on uh, Sunday morning a Springbok team that had its the very core of its game challenged and didn't necessarily... I mean, they responded well enough to win the game, 
And in a way, England, you know, if you, I was, I was going to say live by the sword, die by the sword, more like a blunt axe. But if you're going to live, you know, by the, by the blunt axe, you're going to die by it. And that's what happened to them in the end. Um, but, but to me, South Africa didn't look quite as composed when they were, when they were put off their, you know, the, the, the functions of the game that served them so well. You know, their, their line out until the subs came on, the scrum wasn't all that good, things like that. They weren't taking the high kicks all that well. So, I just maybe think that if there's another slight advantage to the All Blacks, I think they might just be in a slightly better headspace. Mm. What, and I know I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but come Monday, uh, Ian Foster would have finished his job as All Black coach. Um, he'll field offers, won't he, globally? Well, I hope so. I hope he gets a chance to go somewhere and make plenty of money. Look, you know, and it's, 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 I'm not saying that, you know, I've, I've been a massive fan of it all the way through I, I, I said right at the word go that I didn't think New Zealand rugby had done a very good job of canvassing for the role that they had decided on him and, and that was probably the reservation that I had but I, you know, having said that the guy's been treated abominably by New Zealand rugby over the last couple of years and whether you or I or anyone else think now or did think or you know that he ever, that is or ever was the best man for the job, you're all black coach, you deserve a bit better than what he's got and so you know, the potential there for something satisfying, although I, I, I can't imagine he would, he's the sort of guy who'd make a big thing of it. But as I say, I, that's all in the future. I, I mm. think, you know, to me, it, it's it's the final of the World Cup and, and everything that happens after that, well, it'll happen in due course. But, you know, what a, what a game to look forward to. And I look at, having said that about, you know, little advantages or little areas where I think the All Blacks are in a slightly better place, this is the spring box we're talking about here. Yeah. Uh, the hardest, gnarliest team. They are absolutely suited to these kinds of occasions. Uh, they are our most respected opponent for a very, very good reason. And, you know, it, it's, it's no fluke that they are in the final. Uh, they look destined for it right from the off. Right, World Rugby, Bill Beaumont, Lima Sopawanga, uh, Tier 2 Nations, Tier 1 Nations, extra teams in the Rugby World Cup. Interesting announcements um, days out from the Rugby World Cup final. I haven't had the time to pour through it with a fine-tooth comb, but and I don't know whether you, you have, TJ, but there's a bit of um, pushback from a lot of people uh, that the Tier 2 Nations have been undersold again. Yeah, and it, it's a natural and understandable reaction because there is the, a perception that having a top 12 and then the next 12 is, is going to widen the gap between the haves and uh, they haven't got quite so much um, brigade in, in world rugby. And obviously it's the likes of Samoa and Tonga, uh, Georgia, you know, who, who have done everything possible to become a force in the game and you know, the continued exclusion from, you know, the Six Nations, it must be so frustrating for them. The the good thing about it is that there is promotion relegation, which is what the likes of Scotland in particular, Italy, didn't want. And, and, and you know, the, we all know why. So there is, I guess, uh, a carrot there or a major incentive for them to do well um, in, in the Tier 2 competition because it, it, it could mean an elevation. Um, I think the other positive thing about it uh, is that uh, it, it probably is a, a step towards uh, a, a more globally aligned uh, rugby year. 
uh, that, that it's just a step, but it, it, uh, to me, I see it as that. And maybe even a, just a little move by New Zealand, a global world rugby, I should say, to slightly loosen the iron grip that the likes of the French clubs have got on the rugby scene at the moment. So I, I think those are sort of spaces to watch. And the other thing too, as well, is, is that there's now a clearly defined uh, international women's uh, window as well. Now, you could argue that that was probably already happening, but I think now, um, we'll start, you know, the WXV being the start of it, we, we can look forward to a more coordinated, a more um, meaningful and, and less sort of ad hoc Mm. look to the women's uh, international calendar as well. And so that has to be seen as a positive step. What about the increase of number of teams at the Rugby World Cup? On the face of it, I'm sort of okay with that. Um, we can see Canada and USA maybe and, and some other teams. But I, I'm a bit hesitant about this idea of a round of 16, particularly if it's a top team against the 16th team. Um I don't. I'm not sure how how that's designed. What's your reaction to the increase and the change in sort of the format? Well, I'm not hesitant about it. I just don't like it um, <laughs> because I, I think uh, you know the potential in a, a round of 16. Uh, yeah, to me, it's it, it just it just throws a, a bit of a, a joker or a rogue element into the whole thing. Um, that maybe we, the World Cup doesn't really need. Mm. I'll put it that way. Um, the extra teams, uh, well, the only way they were going to successfully accommodate that was to increase the number of pools, and so we're going to end up with a scenario where, uh, yes, you have uh, the top teams uh, going through, the top two teams from each pool, and then the rest of it's going to come down to points and points for and against and stuff like that. It's got the potential to get a little bit messy. Look, if everything goes according to... Uh, the seedings and stuff, uh, you, you, you shouldn't. I suppose in the middle of it, you'd have, what, about seven against eight, something like that. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm not so sure about the round of 16. I mean, the knockout phases are brutal enough, and it tends to mark the beginning. The fun tends to go out of the World Cup when you get into the knockout round. It becomes a bit more grim and serious, and people just going absolutely nuts over the result and start, you know, death threats to the referees and things like that. And so... Why, why bring that forward a week? That's, that's the other thing too, because I can tell you, mate, some of the reaction that I've been reading over the last uh, 10 days and stuff, you know, it's just beyond the pale. It, it is just out of control, some, some of it. And, and why would you risk bringing that into the tournament a week earlier? Mm, yep, I agree. And it's going to end up with games like the All Blacks against Portugal in the round of 16 and the All Blacks will rest everyone for the real tournament to start a week later. It's just going to put a real pause on the tournament, I feel, around a 16. Anyway, TJ, uh, we're out of time. Always appreciate you on a Thursday. What a weekend we've got. Um, okay, mate. Good one, Staffy. And, uh, yep, yeah, well, let's just hope for uh, for a great game on Saturday morning and uh, so, uh, Sunday, Sunday morning. Sunday morning, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and let's... Uh, you know, let, let's hope for a really great day on Sunday. <laughs> and be gracious winners and be gracious losers, whichever one it is. Absolutely, absolutely, yep. Top man, TJ. Thanks, buddy. Right, mate. Tony Johnson there from Sky Sport. I'll come back with some of your texts after this.